Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You must see the central narrative for the fiction that it is. We are Americans. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Tuesday, September 12th, 2023, the 965th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month, and in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast for free a couple days later on a wide variety of podcast platforms and, of course, Rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, the writing, the social media, and the merch site by visiting linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. So yesterday we spent a little time with the illegitimate communist dictator of the Golden State, California, my former home. And we talked about how Gavin Newsom was creating a false reality about Democrat successes over the last couple of years, while also insinuating 
that it might be time for a change. Joe Biden's done a really, really, really amazing job. So amazing that we could never imagine anyone else ever taking his place. But also only 24% of the Democrat Party actually wants him to run again. And pretty much everybody thinks he's too old. And yeah, they kind of see that he's a, a demented degenerate and has led a career of political crime and corruption, selling out his constituents. And oh, yeah, he was mentored in politics for three decades by a Klan leader. And, you know, if people actually come to terms with all this in 14 months, they're just not going to want to vote for him. So maybe we need a change. And maybe it's Gavin Newsom who gets to step in. We talked about how the media and the regime are setting up a new Gavin Newsom versus Ron DeSantis dichotomy. It's the perfect matchup within the controlled opposition paradigm. And in the full extended version of the interview that they did not show on the broadcast version of Meet the Press, Gavin gets into some of that pretty specifically and talks about their potential future debate, making it absolutely obvious what they're doing. But I don't want to talk about that today. I want to spend some time at least talking about Very Deadly Pandemic 2, the legend of curly spike proteins. And I want to kick that off with some revisionist history from none other than the illegitimate communist governor of California, Gavin Newsom, from that very same interview. <laughs> Let's have a listen. You were pretty strict with the lockdowns here. And uh, it was an interesting piece in Harper's that sort of was critical of your decisions from this perspective. You found a way to allow the motion picture industry and, Southern, and, the, and the sort of the movie industry to get back to work. But you didn't allow people to grieve together at funerals or at churches. And that it sort of, and that this may be why there's such a polarized disconnect. What, what you prioritize, right? This is this anger between the populace and the elite, supposedly. Here, you prioritize this industry but, you, you know, you were tougher on those that just wanted to go worship. Um, a, what do you say to that, Chris? I think there's a lot of humility. And we didn't know what we didn't know. And it was hardly I. Uh, it was we, collectively. I understand and that. I think all of us, in, in terms of our collective wisdom, we've evolved. We didn't know what we didn't know. We're experts in hindsight. We're all geniuses. We didn't know what we didn't know. It was hardly I. It was we. And we're all geniuses in hindsight. Now we know all those things that we didn't know about COVID. Remember, it was a brand new virus that just emerged in the world from a bat cave or from some bat soup or from a pangolin or a pangolin and a bat, but not a lab. Definitely not a lab. We're going to talk more about the lab in a few minutes, but it's not a lab. It was a new virus. We didn't know. The science didn't know what would work and what wouldn't work for a new virus. I mean, they knew that all the things they said to try wouldn't work because they actually had studied those things and there was no reason to believe they would work. Stuff like lockdowns had never been tried in history. They made up the little distance for social distancing, the six feet out of nowhere for no reason. That's been admitted. They had plenty of studies to tell them that masks wouldn't work. They've had plenty of studies since that tell them masks wouldn't work. They're still doing masks. And you can see how this is a narrative deflation 
let's say. These are dangerous hot button issues for a politician like Gavin Newsom, whose state would have been destroyed by his policies, if not for consistent federal government bailouts from his pal, Nancy Pelosi. California was an absolute disaster during COVID and was made even worse by California's participation in the BLM Antifa effort. And then, of course, they have millions and millions of ineligible voters on their roll and have some of the most fraud filled elections in the country, which is how and why Gavin Newsom still looks like he has a job. But he says it's not his fault. It's everybody's fault. They didn't know what they didn't know, and they can't be held responsible for that, even though everyone else knew. We certainly knew. We have a record of talking about this that exists in the world and anyone can look at. We were saying the same things we're saying now back in the spring of 2020 because that information was available and it got censored. Why did they censor it? Because it was false? No, because it was true. They weren't confused about whether or not the things they were doing would work. They wanted to do the things, so they claimed that they would work. And now they're admitting that they didn't work without quite saying it, but they're also claiming that it is not their fault and they cannot be held accountable for it. In fact, they were acting responsibly by doing all these things that didn't work. But let's listen to a little more Gavin. So think no, about what we pri- no, what you pri- what you ended up collectively prioritizing. You're prioritizing yeah. industry, you know, well, in one and, and one specific one, but then didn't prioritize maybe ones that whose maybe values you didn't connect with. Well, I don't think it's a binary. There was iterations within that theme. There was there was fits and starts. There were regional frameworks mm-hmm. uh, that had impacts more broadly defined. There were more industry specific uh, uh, frameworks. All of us went through a process. I mean, there was few states. That didn't go on aggressive lockdowns, including uh, Florida's Ron DeSantis. No, I understand that, but it was and, more but of, with, but within the framework who, of the who industries. opened the door. It's what industry got yeah. leniency and which yeah, which no, ones did. Is- so the question remains: Why did you allow the film industry to stay open, but you closed down churches and made it impossible for people to be with their dying loved ones as the hospitals? kept them on a protocol that was very likely to kill them while justifying it on the basis that it was the recommended response after a positive test that they knew didn't work. And that was the second time Gavin was asked. He dodged it again and rejected the quote unquote binary that was set up. Oh, you can't put those two things in opposition because that would make me sound like a tyrant who needs the propaganda industry operating at full capacity and doesn't actually give two shits about whether or not people can go to church or be by their loved one's sides as they die. And then you have to notice what he just said about Ron DeSantis. Gavin Newsom is advertising for Ron DeSantis right there. I know that sounds counterintuitive. But the regime's desired narrative is Newsom versus DeSantis so that they can pit everyone against one another during this new round of COVID. Ron will be the anti-COVID hero and Gavin will be the COVID superfan hero. They are actually trying to create this and Gavin is helping them create it. He's not actually trying to say that Ron DeSantis did a bad thing by not locking down. 
Ron did lock down. Gavin is selling the narrative that he didn't. I was in Florida this past weekend. People in Florida were telling me stories about how Ron DeSantis locked them down. I also heard a great story about how Ron DeSantis was a personality-free robot while pretending to feed first responders during a televised Fox photo op with Kaylee Mackinac. But I know, I know, Ron is America's governor. I know that some people think I spend too much time on this subject, but it is necessary for people to understand how to see the Uniparty in motion. Gavin Newsom may be telling truly devout communists that Ron DeSantis is the very, very bad guy, but what Gavin is actually doing is making Ron the anti-lockdown guy relative to Trump. If Gavin was actually opposing Ron DeSantis, he wouldn't be making the same arguments put forward by the Ron DeSantis failure of a comms team. But yet that's exactly what he's doing. But let's continue because we are getting the preview of the COVID narrative. All of it is legitimate in terms of reflection. All of it's right. legitimate in terms of processing lessons learned. We went through a process I actually had at Sunnylands, which is the Camp David on the West Coast. Right. We brought together experts across the spectrum, people that supported our efforts, mm -hmm. people that opposed them, international experts. And we spent three days really reflecting, stress testing what we did right, what we did wrong. We're actually putting out a report as it relates to our own lessons learned. I think this country would do well to advance a similar construct, not through the lens or prisms of an ideology, uh, but through you the framework. You think there should be almost of, like a 9-11 commission on what well, lessons learned from been, this pandemic? There's been versions of that, mm -hmm. uh, but they're immediately dismissed within the prism of our partisan frame. And right. so I'm at least trying to work across that. So again, it's not Gavin. He brought together experts who agreed with him, experts who were opposed to some of what he's doing, and international experts, and they're going to put out a report. And what will that report say? Well, that report will say that there are some things that they did wrong, and they're not going to repeat those things the second time around. But what you can be sure they won't say is that the lockdowns were bad for people, or that the masks didn't work, or that the vaccines don't work at all. And of course, they don't. They'll say it's an effort to take responsibility for the mistakes they made, but not to beat themselves up because they also did a lot of things right. And the truth is they just didn't know. Remember, it's a new virus, a brand new virus that definitely has a natural origin and absolutely was not created by the science. The report is how they'll hold themselves accountable without actually ever leaving office or losing money or even having anyone blame anything on them at all. The man was recalled. I actually helped organize a petition signing for that recall. And it was ultimately a video I made at that event that has my face appearing in FOIA documents from the California Secretary of State that show them emailing not only Joe Biden's PR agency, SKD Knickerbocker, but also the social media companies to get that post taken down. Legitimate, irrefutable proof from the government's own documents that the government requested the censorship of me, this guy right here talking to you right now. My face is in those documents.
California's elections take days, sometimes weeks, for results to be reported. They told us Gavin defeated his recall effort by 30 points as soon as the polls closed. But let's keep going with Gavin. All what is something you do differently? Well, I think oh, no, oh, no. we would have done everything differently because we understood. We would understand outdoors, as an example. Cla- the nature. You wouldn't have shut schools down. You'd have tried to figure out how to maybe have outdoor classrooms. No, that's not, well, now you're getting I'm, I'm being, I'm, but, but right. I think the nature of the spread early on in understanding epidemiology of that spread, understanding mm-hmm. the spread in the context of how it spread very differently indoors mm-hmm. than outdoors is one perfect example of what a lot of us would have done differently, including, again, in states, red mm-hmm. states, that shut down their beaches mm-hmm. in the early part of the pandemic. I think a deeper understanding of around mask and mask wearing and yeah. N95s, KN95s, you go through a process across the spectrum in terms of being prepared, issues related to uh, how we fundamentally address the distribution of vaccines and the prioritization. You want to talk about priorities early on mm-hmm. in terms of those vaccines. You go through a series of things, uh, and there's so many things we could have done differently. They would have done everything differently because now they understand outdoors as an example. What? Chuck Todd doesn't even know what he's saying. What is he saying? Oh, you can't get it as much outdoors, so maybe people don't need to wear masks out there like you decided they did, and you don't need to close down parks and beaches while you're blaming Republican governors for the same thing. And now he's going the exact opposite direction on Ron DeSantis. So first, Ron was too blasé about COVID, but now Ron is making the same mistakes Gavin made. You set up the dichotomy and then you show how you're slightly better while preserving the central narrative underneath. And we could hear it throughout that clip. What we need are N95s and KN95s, not those masks we used the first time around. So he's admitting that the masks everyone used didn't work even though they spent the entire time saying that they did. And now rather than that the N95 and KN95s can't work either. He's playing on the mistaken understanding that they actually do. And so the mask policies could potentially be even more harsh than the last time. It's amazing, isn't it? That when the communists admit mistakes, they always claim that the mistakes they made were because they didn't go hard enough on something. They were actually trying to make it easier on the people. And if you are a standard issue villager or a devout communist, you would actually hear that and be like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. That probably is why things didn't work the way you said they were going to. Maybe we actually do just need to do a pandemic harder and we'll cure the whole thing. And then we'll be able to get back to normal. I can't wait till this new pandemic starts so we can put it to the test. And I hope nobody forgets, by the way, how much the COVID superfans loved their newfound powers. They had a never-ending reason and justification to be mean to everyone around them and pretend that they were the smartest and most morally superior people anyone had ever come across. In fact, the harder they did COVID, the smarter and more morally superior they were. Hey, did you see the test about how much better the N95s are? We could actually be saving everyone's grandmother. Gavin says that the problems with the vaccine weren't the fact that it didn't work or that it was harmful or that people were forced to take it. The problem was the distribution. He admits a mistake 
says that he could have done better so people feel that catharsis, that he gets it for next time. And then he immediately switches to claiming that the problem was they didn't do it hard enough. Next time they'll be more organized. They'll make sure that everybody gets a shot right away. And maybe they'll even impose bigger penalties for not getting it or create stronger incentives for getting it. Maybe they'll be harsher in cutting people off from society because all the standard issue villagers and devout communists know that the vaccine could have actually stopped COVID if everyone had gotten it. But those anti-vaxxers didn't get it. And so COVID just kept going. Now, of course, they have no ability whatsoever to explain how a vaccine that can't stop transmission or infection could possibly stop the spread of this aerosolized viral particle. But they don't care because they know whose fault that is. That's the fault of the anti-vaxxers. That's the fault of the MAGA extremists, the Trump supporters, those people in the cult who refused to take the COVID vaccine, even though their cult leader created it and told them it was really, really good. Right, Ron, people? We're the cultists. Gosh, you're so smart. So smart that after 10 months, you have destroyed the career of the rising star of the GOP establishment. Yes, you're so, so smart. But let's continue Gavin Newsom's celebration of himself as the premier COVID leader in the United States. You think this country can handle another pandemic or do you think it would break us? I think we have to. We're a resilient country, so it wouldn't break us. But uh, I'm not convinced we've learned the lessons from the last one. And I think science took a big hit. I think health. Yeah, read the history books of 1918. We're still trying to figure out. Yeah, no. And I that but but that's I mean, that's Pandemics alarming. Divide people. Now, wait a second. Let's just listen to that first little piece of a response one more time. You think this country can handle another pandemic or do you think it would break us? I think we have to. We're a resilient country. He started by saying, I think we have to. That was his response to do you think the country can handle another pandemic? I think we have to. So he doesn't think that we collectively, not him, of course, he's had studies done. But we collectively have not learned the lessons from the last pandemic and the science took a hit. I mean, just think about all those science deniers out there. It's going to be really hard to get everybody to do the same thing if people out there are doubting the science. And then Chuck Todd mentions 1918. He says, oh, we still haven't figured it out. A hundred and five years later, we still haven't figured out the Spanish flu. That's how difficult the science of pandemics is. And it's odd, isn't it, that if the science can't figure out what happened in a pandemic a hundred and five years ago, we are all still expected to trust it? Chuck Todd seems to trust the science, even though he's saying that the science hasn't figured out what happened 105 years ago. They haven't figured out what happened in COVID. That's what they're essentially telling us. Is it even possible that they could figure out what happened in a pandemic? And if it's not possible, well, why should anyone listen to them? Why should we even believe them that it is a pandemic? Why should we believe them that they know what it is? And of course, we shouldn't believe them on any of that because there is absolutely no authority in science. There may be very meaningful discovery when the scientific method is employed properly, but you can't just go around calling things science and expecting everyone to believe them on that basis. 
we would not only have to know about their process, about their method, but we would have to know that they performed it in good faith as smart, honest people. And what we actually know is that none of that was true. And a lot of people were just going along with a program because they were getting paid and they were worried about losing their funding. And all of this is being framed as though the rubes out there still haven't figured out that Gavin Newsom, while maybe he wasn't right the whole time, was more right than everyone else and especially more right than you. Other people haven't learned the lessons of COVID, but Gavin sure has. It's alarming. It should be alarming to all of us that that all of a sudden health became partisan. Uh, And that's something we're going to pay a big price. You're right, going forward. But it won't break us because we're remarkably resilient. Speaking of breaking us, you think another four years of Donald Trump will break us? Uh, I I don't. I I hope we don't have to experience that. Um, But I worry about democracy. I worry about the fetishness for autocracy that we're seeing, not just from Trump, uh, but around the world and notably across this country. Uh, I've made the point about DeSantis that I think he's functionally authoritarian. Uh, I'm worried more in many respects about Trumpism, what transcends well beyond uh, his term and time and tenure. I think Trump or DeSantis would be a greater threat to democracy. I leave that to more objective minds. I'm concerned about democracy fundamentally in this I understand you say for more objective minds. What's in your mind? Tell me what's in your mind. I think the vengeance in Donald Trump's heart right now is more of a threat. Well, okay, Kami, but it's not just in Trump's heart. It's in all of our hearts. So Gavin Newsom, the communist ruler of the People's Republic of California, says it should be alarming that all of a sudden health became partisan. This is from one of the most pro-abortion governors in the land, always claiming that that is somehow about women's health and not about much, much darker agendas. Of course, he's also one of the major proponents of the gender agenda, claiming that that is about children's health and not part of much, much darker agendas. And of course, he pretended that the entire COVID regime was about public health and not much, much darker agendas. And he says that while censoring the citizens of California, overseeing the state that all those censorious tech companies call home, the state that is the center of the propaganda industry in Hollywood, the state that used taxpayer money to propagandize the citizens of the state during COVID. That guy is alarmed that all of a sudden health became partisan. We are talking about someone who used the threat of state violence and the threat of the licensing agencies to destroy businesses in order to convince everyone to comply with a series of so-called mitigation strategies that had no justification whatsoever and then didn't work. And now he's admitting that they didn't work and saying it's because we just didn't do them hard enough. But oh yes, what a shock it is that something like that became quote unquote partisan. And I suppose the funny thing is to think about that literally, one of the biggest results of this whole period is that society is becoming less partisan. And there is, by the way, a chance that we might not have parties at all a year from now. And how wonderful would that be? 
And please indulge me in a momentary tangent. Last night, General Michael Flynn responded to a post from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and wrote, The Dems will not give you a chance to be the next POTUS, but you deserve every chance. Your very honest statements like the one below about vital issues facing America are why they don't want you anywhere near the resolute desk. The political class in our country, the Uniparty, will destroy America before allowing leaders like you or Trump to rise to the highest office in the land, again in the case of Trump. I'm very serious about you and Trump standing with each other to protect our freedoms from this ongoing globalist shift. It is very real and understanding the threat is one of the first tenets of defeating an adversary. Regarding Afghanistan, all anyone needs to do is read the U.S. government's own Afghanistan CIGAR report. And that acronym, by the way, stands for Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction. General Flynn says, It is devastating and accurate. Ukraine and all other unnecessary wars will be written up in the exact same vein. If we are able to survive the potentially grave consequences of the coming year and the ugliness and sacrifices our nation will face in the future, it is because bold leaders step up and do the unconventional in order to change the course of history. It has happened in our past. It can happen again be bold. So that is General Michael Flynn suggesting that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. join a nonpartisan ticket with Donald Trump. No political parties at all. Now, I suggested all of this back in February before Robert F. Kennedy Jr. even began running. After hearing the first rumors that he might potentially run, my first thought was, what would RFK Jr.'s running do for frustrated and dejected uniparty left villagers, people who knew they got tricked during COVID and didn't want to do it again, people who aren't wild about the idea of having to go out and support Joe Biden again after seeing what has happened these past couple years. They might still argue that they made the right choice because orange man bad, etc., but they don't want to go out and make a positive argument for Joe Biden again because it is so embarrassing to do so. He is the most corrupt politician in American history, and it's not even close. They pretended it was all fake last time. They pretended Trump had to be worse, even though they can't explain how last time. They don't have that this time around. Yes, Donald Trump is so indicted, very, very arrested. But most of them don't even believe he's going to go to prison and he's not going to run for president. Somewhere that idea is lurking in their mind somewhere deep down. They know it's all bullshit. They've been through the last eight plus years at this point of get Trump, get Trump, always hoping for that silver bullet that never comes. Those people at least want to go express their frustration in a primary vote. They don't think RFK Jr. is a conspiracy theorist. And they spent years arguing that elections in our country could never be rigged, even though they said that Donald Trump rigged his in 2016. And even though they know that Hillary Clinton rigged the primaries against Bernie Sanders, who many of them liked, even though he has had a 60 year career in communist corruption. As I said at the time, if RFK Jr. runs, he'll get a big chunk of Democrat support. Maybe it'll be 30%, maybe 40%. Maybe he'll even have a majority of Democrat support. I think that's entirely possible four months from now. For whatever reason, everybody online and everybody on the TV 
thinks that politics will always be in the future the way it is right now for some reason. Oh, RFK Jr. only has 22% in the primary polling right now. He's not even going to be around when the primaries start. Oh, yeah. Sure, Akami. Yeah, sure. The next four months are going to look so good for Joe Biden that not a single Democrat will even think of leaving his side. They will know Joe Biden is our guy and we will go to the end of the road for this guy. Well, that's not going to happen. And the Democrat Party is not going to let him win. And in the meantime, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is going to make those people understand that maybe vaccines are a terrible, terrible idea and that the pharma companies are completely and totally corrupt and don't care about human life at all. He has already said that the climate change agenda, regardless of whether or not climate change is real, is itself an exploitation that is going to hurt those people's minds. And then ultimately, when he is deprived of any shot at the nomination, people will be forced to reckon with the truth, which is that the people in power have absolutely no reason to allow us to decide to kick them out. And as I said would happen seven months ago, RFK Jr. is now attacking on exactly that issue, and he put out a series of tweets over the weekend to that effect. On September 8th, he put up a tweet, or sorry, a post on X that says, the DNC has totally rigged the system, but thanks to you, we are unstoppable. Later in the day, he posted again, the DNC has rigged the primary process just like the elites have rigged our economy. They don't realize yet that an unstoppable movement is rising to reclaim democracy in America. The next day on September 9th, he posted a rigged primary is just one aspect of a rigged society. Do you feel like the economy is rigged in favor of the same corporate interests that rigged the primaries? With your help, I'm going to change that. And he linked to an interview he did with Forbes. Now, I know people are like, well, hey, he's a Democrat. He has some really, really terrible policy ideas. And I would agree with you. But normie conservatives said that about Donald Trump back in 2015 and 2016, too. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is the Donald Trump of the Democrat Party. You don't have to agree with him. The point of all this is whether or not he's fighting against the regime. You take down the regime and then you let the chips fall where they may. And if somebody with those political priorities can win a legitimate election, according to the Electoral College, as laid out in the Constitution, well, then we need to do a better job of making our arguments. And that's that. That's how the system works. I have no problem with making the argument and letting the chips fall where they may. And if we somehow lose one of those arguments, and we certainly should not, then we need to improve those arguments. Exposing the regime and breaking the two political parties sets us up much better for the future than losing that opportunity because we have a quibble about RFK Jr.'s stated opinion on this or that political issue. We need to get past arguing about the details of these complete and total fictions. We are in a dire situation. This is not the time to prove to everybody that you have the views that would get a 98% from the Heritage Foundation. I would much rather take my chances in a nonpartisan America where we simply go out and vote for the person who best represents our interests. 
We are not going to agree with everybody, but if you want to make America great, then you need to unite a big chunk of America. And the way to do that is around sharing common goals, the most important of which are having legitimate elections so that the politicians are actually accountable to the people. And so the people have to make the argument and the people can demand change. And then, of course, fixing our currency. The best way to fix these problems is by getting the maximum number of people on board. And once Democrats understand that their elections are stolen and that our elections are stolen, that all elections are stolen and sorry, Trump won, you will have all the power you need to win these arguments. You simply say, hey, commie, I'm glad to see that you finally realize the truth after three years of our country collapsing. But maybe you should just grab a Gatorade and sit this one out. I'd be more inclined to take your political views seriously. But then again, I have a seared in visual memory of you wearing a mask alone in your car. So sorry, I just can't. But let's get back to COVID. Last week, we talked about false starts and about how Alex Jones had created a false start. He began the new, very deadly pandemic narrative before they wanted it to begin. And that allows people to respond to this emerging potential reality and mentally prepare themselves for how they will have to respond in the future. Rather than being blindsided with some report of the very scary variant and hearing that everyone has to lock down and go back to mask use, people spent three weeks online making COVID jokes and encouraging non-compliance. We can only imagine what the world would be like if enough of us were prepared to do that the last time around. And one of those false starts had to do with the release of a new vaccine. We talked about how they already had a date that they knew it would be approved and rolled out. Well, how did they know it would be approved? Isn't that incredible? What an incredible success rate they have in getting these quote unquote vaccines approved, despite knowing that they can't protect people from a disease that can't kill them that no one even has yet. Is anyone else suspicious that they're going to sell this round of COVID shots and then tell everybody that the variant that's actually out there is able to evade this particular shot. So they're going to need a new one that's coming. Everybody knows it. This is from CNN yesterday. FDA signs off on updated COVID-19 vaccines that target circulating variants. So all those variants that are out there circulating, well, this vaccine has you covered. And by covered, of course, they mean not covered, but get it anyway. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration gave the green light Monday to updated COVID-19 vaccines from Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech amid rising cases and hospitalizations. Both vaccine manufacturers have said testing shows that their vaccines are effective against EG5, the current dominant strain in the United States. So vaccines that aren't vaccines coming from Moderna and Pfizer are both approved. It has been decided that they are effective against the currently dominant strain in the U.S., the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices 
a group of independent experts that advises the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on its vaccination decisions will now weigh the safety and effectiveness of the updated vaccines and make recommendations for their use. After the CDC director signs off on those recommendations, the vaccines can be administered. Oh, I hope they rush it to market. We have an emergency out there. We have an Eris variant or something. And apparently there's a Kraken variant out there somewhere too. The advisory group is scheduled to meet to discuss COVID-19 vaccines Tuesday, meaning the vaccines could become available within just a few days at certain pharmacies and doctor's offices. It's like they have them already. Wait, how could they be available within a few days? They're just going to ship them all there? It's like they already know it's a sure thing and they have it all set up. Gosh, this science is strange. Health officials are urging people to get vaccinated as soon as the shots are available. They're debuting amid a late summer rise in COVID-19 hospitalizations in the United States and growing concerns about the effects that the triple threat of respiratory viruses, coronavirus, flu, and respiratory syncytial virus may have this fall and winter season. You see, that's a triple threat. COVID plus flu plus RSV. And you know RSV, that virus that everyone has always been worried about for decades and decades and decades, even though pretty much no one really heard of it until about a year and a half ago. But I know, I know, Kami, you heard of it because you were so in tune with the science always. Every time you hear new science, it's science that you knew the whole time because the science tells you that it's always been that way. And of course, you knew it naturally and can trust them. But man, oh man, that sounds like we're headed for a dark winter of illness and death because of this triple threat. Vaccination remains critical to public health and continued protection against serious consequences of COVID-19, including hospitalization and death. Dr. Peter Marks, director of the FDA's Center for Biologics Evaluation and Research, said in a news release Monday, the public can be assured that these updated vaccines have met the agency's rigorous scientific standards for safety, effectiveness, and manufacturing quality. We very much encourage those who are eligible to consider getting vaccinated. Dr. Dan Baruch from Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center said that for the approaching fall and winter, quote, the trajectory of where we're going is difficult to tell. I don't think we're going to have a surge at the level that we saw a year or two ago, but where it will peak, I think, remains to be seen. Right now, we have the vast majority of the population with vaccine immunity, natural immunity, or both. So there is a substantial level of population immunity already. Now, was anyone scared of COVID a year ago? And for that matter, was anyone scared of COVID two years ago when Omicron came out and everybody got COVID and then they got over it like three days later? Even if people were going to somehow make a case that Omicron was bad, which no one can even take seriously, it's impossible to make a case that last winter was a bad COVID season. Oh, but I know, I know there's data about hospitalizations and deaths with COVID, not from COVID. Of course, it's not from COVID. Do you need to get the new vaccine? Well, it doesn't sound like it, does it? But wait, overall, the new FDA decision, quote, 
comes at a time when COVID-19 cases are once again climbing. Now, most people six months or older in the U.S. are eligible to receive this season's COVID-19 vaccine, even if they have never been vaccinated against COVID-19 before. Albert Bourla, chairman and chief executive officer at Pfizer, said in a news release, isn't that great? So even kids six months old can get this vaccine, even if they haven't had one before. The updated vaccines are approved for people 12 and older and are authorized under emergency use for individuals six months through 11 years old. So if a parent goes and signs their little infant up for this vaccination, they can get it and it will be their choice to do so under the emergency use authorization. More parents will be given permission to sacrifice their children on the altar of the science. We pretend that somehow this is different than the same sorts of sacrifices to the same false gods in ancient times, but it's not. It's exactly the same. Calling it the science does not change what's happening. These people put all their faith in the realm of scientific materialism on promises from the high authorities that this is what must be done. And they offer up their little infants to the man in the white coat because they're told that it's the key to a long and happy life. And you know, with the speed at which science is advancing, maybe they'll all just live forever. And of course, they're going to be in that club because they've obeyed the whole time. And that's the deal they were promised. No one would ever break a deal like that. Hey, we'll give you uh, eternal life if you do everything we say forever and thank us even if it destroys your life. How does that sound, Kami? Oh, it sounds so good. According to the FDA, babies and young children ages six months through four years who have not been vaccinated against the coronavirus are eligible to receive three doses of the updated Pfizer BioNTech shot or two doses of the updated Moderna booster. Six months through four years, if they have not been vaccinated before, they can get three Pfizer shots or two Moderna shots. What kind of sociopathic parent would do that to their child for a disease that cannot possibly kill their child? There is not a single child anywhere who has died of COVID, which is why the former CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, couldn't show that there was one when asked. But I know, I know, Kami, you read statistics that said there were children that died with COVID from something else based on tests that don't work, or a diagnosis of likely COVID. But sure, give them the benefit of the doubt once again. According to the FDA, people five and older are eligible to receive a single dose of the updated vaccines at least two months since their last dose of any COVID-19 shot, regardless of previous vaccination. So even if you just got the last booster for the fifth or sixth time, if it's been two months, you can get one more dose of this updated one. COVID-19 remains a leading cause of death in the U.S. and poses a significant threat to vulnerable populations, particularly as we enter peak respiratory virus season. Stefan Bansell, CEO of Moderna, said in a news release Monday, 
as the primary circulating strain continues to evolve, updated vaccines will be critical to protecting the population this season. We appreciate the FDA's timely review and encourage individuals who intend to get their flu shot to also get their updated COVID-19 vaccine at the same time. People need to get this vaccine that can't protect them from a disease that can't kill them. And they also need to get two other vaccines that can't protect them from other diseases that can't kill them. Everyone should go out and do this three times or else you're going to kill someone's grandma. Inject yourself three times or you're an anti-vaxxer. And by the way, to people who claimed that everyone else was an anti-vaxxer or a science denier throughout COVID, if those people are not going for this new shot, you should remind them that that makes them an anti-vaxxer and a science denier. And you can find a funny way to do it or just say it offhand and say, hey, Kami, I know you understand now. You didn't understand then. It's all good. I'm just needling you just a little bit here just to keep you remembering what it is you did. But you have to understand that by their own terms, they are anti-vaxxers and science deniers. The vaccines have been recommended. They are making choices for themselves. That is exactly what they called us anti-vaxxers and science deniers for doing. I'm not saying anyone has to go around generating the maximum number of confrontations, but it's worth remembering that these people called you a murderer for doing the same thing they are now choosing to do because they think they're smarter than you and you didn't realize what the right thing to do last time was. You were endangering them with your stupidity and now they are just making a different decision in a different situation. Baruch from Beth Israel Deaconess also added that the benefit of the updated COVID-19 vaccines will, quote, be greatest, end quote, in the people at the highest risk of disease and said, the primary goal of these vaccines is to reduce the risk of severe disease, which is a very important goal. But it is not likely that these boosters will provide frank protection. I don't know what frank protection is against the acquisition of infection and probably only modest effect on mild disease. And so these boosters will likely be important for people who are at severe risk of disease. Now, everyone should understand that no one is at severe risk of disease from this new floating bug that is out there in space hunting down our elderly, but only in nursing homes and only in hospitals. It finds them all the time there. And unfortunately, they all die. I mean, yes, after the recommended medical protocol that is designed specifically to kill them, but most of them die. That means they're at severe risk of disease. Therefore, we have to give them something that actually has negative efficacy and makes them more likely to get the quote unquote disease. But let's read this admission again. It is not likely that these boosters will provide frank protection against the acquisition of infection and probably only modest effect on mild disease. So basically, the only way to know that this vaccine is doing anything is if you get the vaccine and then don't get serious illness from something that can't make you seriously ill. Now, if it turns out that you get seriously ill 
after getting the vaccine? Well, that means that you got COVID and you were particularly susceptible, which is why you have serious illness. It's not that the vaccine didn't work. It's not that the vaccine is what made you sick. It's that you specifically were at serious risk of illness. And as safe and effective as these toxic experimental substances that can't protect you from the disease that can't kill you are, it turns out that sometimes they're not effective at all if you particularly are extremely susceptible to the disease. But that's not all. There's another very interesting note at the end of this CNN article. Under the Affordable Care Act, most insurance plans are covering the full cost of vaccines without copays. So most insured people will be able to get the updated COVID-19 vaccine at their doctor's offices or pharmacies such as CVS or Walgreens at no cost. So if you are on Obamacare, the worst health care imaginable, then you can get this brand new vaccine for free. Well, hallelujah, everyone must celebrate. People who are uninsured or underinsured may access the updated vaccine for free through the CDC's Bridge Access Program. The new government program allows the CDC to purchase and distribute COVID-19 vaccines and allocate them through its network of state and local health departments. Vaccines for federally qualified health centers, as well as certain pharmacy chains, will be supported through both government and manufacturer-supplied resources. Isn't that great? So the pharmacies are going to get free vaccines from the government to give to you. You can sign up for this government program and then you will get vaccines. So if you're on Obamacare, free vaccines. If you sign up for this program, free vaccines. But they add the bridge access program is temporary. According to the CDC's website, free vaccines through the program will not be available after December 2024. Well, that's strange. I wonder what they think is going to change at the end of next year. Although vaccines were previously provided for free by the government, this is the first time they will be provided through the commercial market. During a Pfizer investor call in October, officials said a potential U.S. list price for the updated vaccine could be between $110 and $130 per single dose for adults. So let's review where we are. Gavin Newsom understands that mistakes were made, but not by him. He understands that we need to do better the next time, which is why he recommends doing more of the things that didn't work the first time. Because the reason they didn't work was that all the people making public health a partisan issue chose not to go along with the things that would have worked. And because of all those people who didn't comply, the science took a hit. The way we should respond is not to ignore the science. It's to make sure that we follow the science even harder, no matter what that looks like. If we have to make sure people starve on the street to get them to wear a KN95 respirator 24 hours a day, well, I guess that's just what must be done. We need to make sure to reinforce the central narrative so that we can set up the competition, the controlled opposition between Gavin Newsom and Rigdy Meatball. Present the two of them as the alternative to Biden and Trump part two. The DeSantis simps always talk about how Trump has said things that aren't quite mean enough about Gavin Newsom and it infuriates them. 
Why does it infuriate them? Because it makes it impossible for them to set up that dichotomy, that Newsom versus Rick disaster dichotomy. They want Trump to go after Newsom so that Newsom becomes everybody's bad guy from the perspective of the uniparty right and the MAGA right, which would allow them to unite in whoever opposes Newsom the hardest, which then plays out in the controlled opposition the uniparty is prepared to present. Gavin Newsom wants to follow the science harder and Rigdy Meatball is going to show everybody that he follows the science better. And of course, that's why he made the change to Surgeon General Joseph Ladapo after the whole thing had kind of already ended. So mistakes were made, but not by Gavin. Mistakes were made, but not by the science. In fact, now we have a new COVID shot out in the world to go along with the new flu shot and the new RSV shot. Get all three vaccines because there is this very deadly triple threat. The vaccines don't really work, but they expect that it's likely that they'll probably reduce the instance of severe illness in the most vulnerable people who do get the vaccine. But if they're wrong about that, it's just because those people were so vulnerable. That wouldn't be the fault of the science. Of course, that would be a fault of those people. And while the real world will prove that the new very scary variant is not very scary and not very harmful, the fact that the most vulnerable vaccinated individuals will still get seriously ill is proof that it actually is dangerous, even though it isn't. Again, trust the science. Now, while you're remembering to trust the science, let's go through this post on the X platform today by the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic. Breaking. New testimony from a highly credible whistleblower alleges CIA rewarded six analysts with significant financial incentives to change their COVID-19 origins conclusion from a lab leak to zoonosis. Here is the letter sent today from the leaders of that subcommittee to CIA Director William Burns. The Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic and the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence have received new and concerning whistleblower testimony regarding the agency's investigation into the origins of COVID-19. A multi-decade senior level current agency officer has come forward to provide information to the committees regarding the agency's analysis into the origins of COVID-19. According to the whistleblower, the agency assigned seven officers to a COVID discovery team. The team consisted of multidisciplinary and experienced officers with significant scientific expertise. According to the whistleblower, at the end of its review, six of the seven members of the team believed the intelligence and science were sufficient to make a low confidence assessment that COVID-19 originated from a laboratory in Wuhan. The seventh member of the team, who also happened to be the most senior, was the lone officer to believe COVID-19 originated through zoonosis. That means that it jumped from animals to humans. The whistleblower further contends that to come to the eventual public determination of uncertainty, the other six members were given a significant monetary incentive to change their position. These allegations from a seemingly credible source requires the committees to conduct 
further oversight of how the CIA handled its internal investigation into the origins of COVID-19. To assist the committees with their investigations, we request the following documents and information as soon as possible, but no later than September 26, 2023. All documents and communications regarding the establishment of all iterations of the COVID discovery teams. All documents and communications between or among the members of all iterations of the COVID discovery teams regarding the origins of COVID-19. All documents and communications between or among the members of all the iterations of the COVID discovery teams and other employees or contractors of the agency regarding the origins of COVID-19. All documents and communications between or among members of all iterations of the COVID discovery teams and employees or contractors of other federal government agencies, including but not limited to the U.S. Department of State, the FBI, the Department of Health and Human Services, to include the NIH and the NIAID, that's Fauci's agency, and the U.S. Department of Energy regarding the origins of COVID-19 and all documents and communications regarding the pay history to include the awarding of any type of financial or performance-based incentive and financial bonus to members of all iterations of the COVID discovery teams. The select subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic is authorized to investigate, quote, the origins of the coronavirus pandemic, including but not limited to the federal government's funding of gain of function research, end quote, end quote. Executive branch policies, deliberations, decisions, activities, and internal and external communications related to the coronavirus pandemic, end quote, under House Resolution 5. So essentially, they are asking for absolutely everything having to do with the CIA's involvement in the discovery of the origins of the coronavirus 19 pandemic. The whistleblower is claiming that people on the team tasked with uncovering the origin of the pandemic were paid off to allow the agency to say that its conclusion was uncertain. They didn't know whether it was a lab leak origin or whether it was a zoonotic leap, a leap from a bat or a pangolin or a bowl of soup to a human. Now, it is important to remember in this discussion to exercise extreme skepticism. And that includes the potential that there is no virus in the first place. I know people got sick, but people got sick before that. I know people claim to have gotten sick in different ways, but people got sick in different ways before that. I know that people believe they know people who have died from COVID. But if you ask these people about that, they will generally tell you that they went to the hospital, were put on remdesivir, and then put on a ventilator, and then they died, quote unquote, from COVID. And now, I don't want to be insensitive, certainly not to anyone who lost loved ones for any reason during this, quote unquote, pandemic. But the reality is, there is no justification for believing any of the statistics or any of the official story within the central narrative about the coronavirus. And that includes understanding that there may not be a virus in the first place. It is possible that something else happened. It is possible that we were poisoned in some way. 
Now, people don't like when it's phrased that way for whatever reason, and that even includes people who understand that the quote unquote COVID virus may have been created in a lab and then leaked or released intentionally. But in either of those cases, that is a poisoning. An agent was introduced into the world and it made you sick. So if you believe in the possibility of a lab leak, then you already understand the concept of a mass poisoning. All you have to do is jump to the idea that it wasn't necessarily the coronavirus as described by the science. And that should not be that big a leap, honestly. I'm not really sure why people are so adamant about rejecting that possibility that it's something else. Oh, it must be a virus as described. No, it does not have to be that. It is okay to understand that it may have been something else. Now, if it is something else, does that mean that that other thing it would be would not have been studied in these labs? Well, no, it doesn't mean that. And if whatever happened was produced by the science and then either accidentally leaked or was intentionally released, that still lays the burden at the feet of the science. So it's really not important about whether or not a potential bioweapon was actually the coronavirus, the SARS-CoV-2 virus. The truth or falsity of that particular detail is largely irrelevant in this discussion. All we have to understand is that it was not a virus that jumped from a bat into the world and then everything else played out exactly as we were told it. If we know that's not true, then we move to other explanations. One of the key ones is that for some reason, we still don't know, according to the science from whence this magical virus came. And here's the point. No matter which one of these scenarios is the real and true scenario, every scenario that maps onto reality still indicates the responsibility falling on the science. A credible whistleblower is claiming that within the CIA, payoffs were made so that the experts on the panel would sign off on the idea that it was unclear whether a lab leak or a jump from animal to human was the actual origin of the very deadly pandemic. Should we be surprised? Well, according to Chuck Todd, the science hasn't even figured out what happened back during the Spanish flu, and that was 105 years ago. These situations, they're just too complicated for the science to figure out, but they're not too complicated for the science to cure over and over and over again, even though it can't. Regardless, you need to trust the science. Within a few days, we are now expected to have a new COVID vaccine in the world and available for everyone to inject into their body over and over and over again. If you want to plug three of those experimental concoctions into your seven-month-old infant, well, why not just head on down to a Walgreens and ask the government to pay? Walgreens, where you can still stay in business even if you let everyone rob you. How do they do it? Oh, right. The government pays them to distribute drugs. 
It's weird that with that arrangement, the same government still goes to war over poppy fields and still works in league with Mexican drug cartels. I mean, how does it all happen? I'm just kidding, LOL. That's a conspiracy theory. I mean, sure, you can prove absolutely every bit of it, but still, conspiracy theory. Now, we can only hope that people have decided to finally stop trusting the science and trust their own good judgment instead. And because a false start was created for this narrative, we are allowed a head start on defeating it before it really gets going. And so how do we do that? And I think I may have figured that out in the way I figure out many of these things, which is by messing with people relentlessly on Twitter. And I think maybe this is the move. Send out a message to your favorite loony neighborhood vaxi saying, have you made an appointment for your new COVID shot or are you not going to risk it? That is the sort of thing that is going to break their little vaxi brains, maybe even better than saying you sound vaccinated. The reason you sound vaccinated works so effectively as an insult is because you are already breaking the rules about how the vaccine can be discussed. Even the people who don't think you're evil for not taking it still think they participated in a good thing. It may not have worked out the way they wanted it to, but it's not a bad thing. They thought they were going to be heroes by injecting themselves with a toxic experimental substance that can't protect them from a disease that can't kill them. And despite knowing everything they already knew, they convinced themselves they would be better safe than sorry, or they had some other reason. Oh, I needed it for travel. Oh, I wanted to visit my grandparents. Now, all of those arguments, I'm sorry, are nonsense. They were always nonsense. There has never been any point at which they were not nonsense. Those are not arguments or justifications. They are outward rationalizations for a decision they had already made because of social pressures. They are explaining something they were already going to do. They obeyed because they are people who obey. They did what the television told them so they wouldn't get in trouble. And I know everybody's mad to talk about this stuff because you say, hey, there were people who were forced to get it. There were people who were threatened with losing their jobs. And I understand they really tightened the screws on a lot of people and a lot of people nonetheless made a very, very bad decision that did not exercise proper foresight. I'm sorry to say. Not claiming all my decisions were perfect, but I am claiming that was a pretty easy one. And after watching what happened through the first year of the very deadly pandemic, continuing to listen to the government and the science, no matter what the cost, was a bad idea. It's not better to pretend that didn't happen. It's better to understand that it did and make better decisions in the future. The reason you sound vaccinated is effective is because it already takes for granted that getting vaccinated was a bad idea. That's the thing they spend their entire lives arguing about. And the phrase you sound vaccinated takes it for granted and then drives the point home by exposing the fact that you can tell by what they're saying that they go along with everything. Think about the decision-making process that is active in the minds of these people as they approach the decision 
whether or not to get this new vaccine. They still tell everybody that they made the right decision based on this or that justification. And the truth is, if they want to get through this easily and not have to explain themselves, they might well go out and get it again. And they'll have a new justification this time as well, whether it's for work or for travel or someone else really wanted them to or their elderly parents or grandparents. They will have a justification for why it was right to obey again. There are people who will do that. For other people, they will be having a risk-reward calculation playing out in their minds. They will convince themselves that there is a very, very low probability of harm. Most of them have accepted by now that the experimental gene therapies are nowhere near as safe as they were told they were. But they're still primarily concerned with how dangerous COVID might be and whether or not they will be called anti-vax and anti-science the same ways they used those phrases to force compliance from other people. These people are ultimately still under the spell of the party of false decorum, and they're going to make this decision based on social incentives and punishments, not on the science and not on what's best for them and their health. I can actually imagine seeing even more dishonesty about COVID vaccination status this time around. There are people who definitely will not get it, but will still say they did. And many of those people are probably in the Hollywood entertainment industry that Gavin Newsom kept open while closing churches and making sure people couldn't be next to their loved ones as they left this realm. But the point is, you have to break through all that. And the way to do that is by starting their thought process in the wrong place. Take it for granted that they are subjecting themselves to an unnecessary risk if they go out and get this new injection because they know it can't help. They are being told that it can't help. It is there in the article that the shot doesn't work. It is there in the whistleblower testimony that the science that produced the shot took money to lie about the origin of COVID. And it is there in Gavin Newsom's interview that none of what they tried actually worked. And their solution is to do it harder. So they know it doesn't work. It can't protect them from a disease that can't kill them, but they will think about going out and getting it anyway. They're not scared of COVID anymore. If they are, they're already too far gone, but they've heard all the talk. They can call it rumor. They can say that it's a conspiracy theory. They can say that people are lying about the data and the science, but they know that's not true. They've seen the collapsing newscasters and athletes and entertainers. They've seen the Bell's palsy on the celebrities. They've heard people's testimony about the vaccine injuries, and they can convince themselves there's a very, very small chance. But hey, that's why you got to say to them, I know how much you love the science, but honestly, why risk it? I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. Comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. 
The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree. Linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!